Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Midnight Chats with me, your host Melina. Obviously, as per usual, we are just gonna go ahead and start with my one thing that I'm grateful for, as well as one thing that obviously I could have done better today. So for the one thing that I'm grateful for, I know in my last episode I said it is my son and it will always obviously be my son but another thing that i am grateful for is for just having the support system that i do have so that i can be the mother to my son that i am um because obviously without my support system i definitely would not be as good of a mother to my son as I am so that is definitely one big thing that I'm grateful for and then definitely one thing I could have done better is remembering that my son's only form of communication at four months old is to cry and sometimes I have a really hard time with that because obviously it's very overwhelming as a first-time mom and a new parent to really fully understand what it is that your child needs. I know some people say, like, obviously, you know, certain cries mean certain things, and eventually they learn that about their child, but sometimes, man, it's just he flies off the handle, and I'm the next one that's about to fly off the handle, but obviously I have to remind myself that, you know, that's his only form of communication so gotta rock and roll with it um obviously i always want to put in a disclaimer that i am not a therapist i am literally just somebody who needs a space to go ahead and just kind of chat about life here but on to the topic of today's episode is being a mom in my early 20s so obviously first things first is how I found out. So I actually found out because I had a co-worker who anytime anyone in any one of our other co-workers, you know, was pregnant, her period was always, you know, a few days late, a few weeks late, whatever. So she actually, um, you know, had, like, been complaining that, like, you know, her period was, like, a week late, and then it was two weeks late, and then, and, you know, everyone else in our salon area was, like, well, it's not me, it's not me, it's not me, and I remember, like, specifically, like, saying, like, it's not me, and I still hadn't gotten my period, and for me, that wasn't, like, anything unusual, even though I was on birth control, there were still months where, like, it would come a week earlier, it would come a week late, or, you know, so I just, I was due for my period in, like, three days, and so I was like, you know what, like, it's not me, like, you know, my period's not even supposed to be here yet, like, I'm not gonna be too worried about it. Well, then, obviously, my period was due, and it didn't come, and I still wasn't worried about it, but my one co-worker still hadn't had her period, so I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna go to the grocery store, and I'm gonna pick up a pregnancy test, and I'm, you know, gonna see if it's me, because everybody else and their mama is saying it's not them, so 
that's exactly what I did. I went to the grocery store, picked up some pregnancy tests, came home. I took the first one and shocked was definitely um, top feeling there. Um, it was one of those like clear blue ones that like either was just like the one negative line or it was like the plus sign and literally like as soon as I dipped it in there and pulled it out it was like already like creating the plus sign and I was like holy shit like okay and so obviously to intern kind of feeling wise I had had obviously two miscarriages prior to that and so my feelings weren't I wasn't I was I don't even know how I want to say this I was happy but I wasn't allowing myself to be happy just because obviously with having two previous miscarriages then you know you fall pregnant again it's a little bit difficult to kind of really be excited about something when you just know that it could just so quickly get taken away from you and so I immediately you know um took a picture of it and the first person that I actually sent it to was my coworker, whose period was like two weeks late and I like sent it to her and I like I was like I'm so sorry like it was me like and she was like oh my gosh like and obviously you know then we had a whole conversation about that but that was definitely a wild roller coaster of emotions I definitely went from like no fucking way to like oh shit, this is happening, so, um, yeah, definitely was crazy, but then obviously, you know, with jumping into my coworkers and stuff, I kind of wanted to talk about what working looked like for me, especially, you know, after, like I said, having the couple of miscarriages, and then, you know, finding out I was pregnant again, I definitely, like, was, a little stress that I was going to, you know, overwork myself to the point where I would cause myself to have another miscarriage, but thankfully, I didn't. Thankfully, um, he obviously is very healthy, and I, you know, stayed consistent with my work schedule literally up until, I want to say, I was 38 weeks and I worked 36 hours a week every week, um, and, you know, obviously, thankfully, like, towards the end there, my job was really good about giving me breaks here or there. I did have to go ahead and get a doctor's note for it, but obviously, you know, once I got the doctor's note, it was fair game, but, um, yeah, I worked my 36 hours a week. I, there, it was two days, Wednesday, Thursday, I'd work 10 hours, and then Friday, Saturday, I'd work eight, and it, thankfully, my pregnancy was fairly easy to the point where I was able to work that much, and I didn't really start to feel, like, the effects of working that much up until, hmm, I definitely want to say the last two months, one month, of my pregnancy because that was when you know my ankle started to swell and everything like that so that wasn't fun to like obviously come home and like have my ankles be like 
10 times the size they're supposed to be. So I always had to, you know, like sleep with my feet propped up and make sure I'm drinking my water and, you know, that sort of thing. So that definitely was not fun. But I did work up until I was 38 weeks. So I did take the week before I was due because obviously with my work schedule, I only worked Wednesday to Saturday and he was due to be born on the 28th of March, which was a Tuesday, I think. And so I took the week prior to that, you know, because I was like, I don't know if he's going to come early or not. Like this is my first child. And so kind of jumping into a little bit of my birth story because he decided, um, on the 22nd of the 22nd, yeah, the 22nd of March, I, um, had just finished having dinner with my mother-in-law and I had came home and it was very funny because at this dinner with my mother-in-law, we had been talking about, oh, like, cause I had just had a doctor's appointment and oh, like I'm not dilated at all, this and that. So, you know, he's probably, I have a feeling he's going to come late. Well, that night I go home, I lay down to go to bed, and I'm texting my boyfriend. And, you know, my boyfriend just literally being the curious little guy that he is, he literally is like, so can your water break while you're laying down? And no sooner than I could respond to him and be like, yeah, you know, they say it's more common that, like, your water will break when you're laying down. Because, obviously, like, when you're standing up, if your baby's head is in the right position, you know, like, it kind of, like, blocks the fluid from coming out. So, you don't really, if your water breaks while you stand up, you don't really realize it because your head, your baby's head is blocking all the fluid from just leaking out of you. And so no sooner than I sent that text message all of a sudden I just felt something very very warm and it was very wet in between my legs and I was like oh shit is this it <laughs> like is is this what we're and I kind of just laid in bed and I laid still and I didn't move and I was like oh my god is is did my water just break? Like, is this, are we like getting the hospital bag and we leaving? And at the time my boyfriend was in college and his college was about two, two to two and a half hours away. And so, you know, I'm texting him and I'm like, holy shit, I think my water just broke. Da, 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 da. And as you know, I'm standing there and I literally feel like I'm just like profusely like peeing myself. Like it's just, it's awful. And I'm sitting there and I'm on the phone with the nurse, you know, because they tell you to call to, you know, explain to them what's going on to see if you have to go in. And obviously the nurse, because my water had broken, she was like, yeah, you need to come in. And so we, um, I changed my pants because they were just soaked, but it didn't really matter because the next pair I put on literally were soaked by the time we got to the hospital. But then we got to the hospital and, you know, I'm still texting my boyfriend and he's like, do I need to come? Do I need to come? And I was like, I'm literally getting admitted. Like, it would probably be a good idea that you came, especially, like I said, with it being my first child. I didn't really know how fast or how slow labor was going to go for me. So I was like, yeah, you need to like hightail it and you need to get over here. 
and so then I'm also texting my mother-in-law and I'm like hey like you know I'm on my way to the hospital because in the hospital room I wanted my mother my brother my boyfriend his mom and obviously you know his dad his sister and his brother-in-law and those were the only people that I wanted at the hospital and so you know I'm texting her and I'm like hey like I'm on my way to the hospital and she was like well good thing I looked at my phone because I was literally just about to go to bed (laughs) but um yeah so then we get to the hospital and you know we walk in the ER and um you know get a room and everything and they you know get me hooked up on my IV which mind you that freaking hurt the IV in the hand I had never had an IV in my hand because I've just always been very very healthy and very fortunate to not need an IV in my hand that hurt like that genuinely I was like like even when they pulled that out finally like after everything I was like oh my god like it literally feels like my vein is like sticking out of my arm and I swear to god even to this day like sometimes like I like push on like that part of my hand and I feel like it still hurts but anyways (laughs) so they get me all hooked up and you know I'm definitely like having like some contractions like I'm definitely to the point where I'm cramping, but, you know, they're still to the point where I can breathe and I can kind of walk, get up and walk and bounce on the ball and, you know, do all these things. And so I was in labor and doing all of those things. And eventually they just had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, I need something. So then I tried the whatever gas it is that they give you to like breathe in I tried that that was okay it like didn't it wasn't fantastic and then they gave me something else I can't remember what it was but that I actually was like able to like fall asleep for a few hours and so I got to rest and then after that was when um it started getting just god awful and I was crying and just you know just screaming like oh my god like I'm so tired like I'm tired I'm hungry like and it wasn't even the point that it hurt so much it was just the fact that I was so tired and hungry and I just was like get this fucking kid out of me man like and so I then eventually got the epidural now that heaven sent I swear getting it was god awful getting it literally I'm sit I'm like sitting there and I'm holding on to the nurse in front of me and I'm literally just holding on to her and she's you know telling me just to breathe it's okay and um the anesthesiologist is like trying to ask me questions as I'm like trying to breathe through contractions as he's sticking a needle on my back and yeah so the epidural though it did its job it did what I needed it to do it was fantastic it was a bitch to get put in um then obviously after I got my epidural unfortunately his heart rate did start dropping and so we did have to eventually go in for a c-section Um, But if you guys obviously want a more detailed 
thing about c-sections and kind of what goes into that just go ahead and let me know in the comments down below but yeah he um obviously they had seen that i wasn't progressing anymore i was at five centimeters for like four hours his heart rate had been dropping and so we all made the executive decision of just going in for a c-section just for his safety and my safety and at 10 23 p.m on march 23rd my son was born <sighs> and definitely throughout this entire experience I definitely wouldn't say it was traumatic. It was definitely stressful and definitely exhausting. But throughout this entire thing, I think one of my key things to take away from this entire thing is to make sure that the people that you have in that room with you are your biggest supporters. Like my mother-in-law, my mother you know, his sister, brother-in-law, um, his dad, my brother, like, all of those people were there for me, you know, during my contractions when I, you know, before I got the epidural, when I needed to get up and go to the bathroom, when, you know, all of these things, and even through recovery after birth, like, they just, my boyfriend, you know, he was, there by my side for everything and it just it really really your environment in that delivery room really really matters so just keep that in mind when you're picking people to be in the delivery room with you don't pick people that you think should be in there just because of oh they're so and so or if it's not somebody that you think is going to support you the way that you need to be supported when you are bringing life into this world they don't need to be in the room But, you know, with kind of delivery room stuff aside, my son is here now and he is four months old. And let me tell you, they don't lie when they say that you blink and 18 years go by. Because I tell you what, I feel like I blinked once and four months have gone by. Like, just we compared his one month picture to his four month picture the other day when we took it and oh my gosh I was like he was so small he was oh it just like it really just pulls at the heartstrings and then you know you start cleaning out the closet of like the newborn and even like the zero to three month stuff doesn't fit him anymore like and you start pulling all that stuff out you know that he and he wore newborn for I want to say at least the first month, month and a half. So that was like really hard for me to like all of a sudden be like, you used to wear these clothes all the time. And then now you just, you don't fit. You're like, you're too big. You're too long. You're too chunky. Which obviously I know fortunately is a very good thing that, you know, my son's growing and he's healthy. And, but yeah, that's like, that's a, you know, pulls the heartstrings on that one. But I definitely would not trade these last four months. I know a lot of people think, oh, like, I'm 22. Like, do I have, like, any regrets when it comes to, you know, becoming a mom in my 20s? Like, do I miss partying? Do I miss going out? Do I? And honestly, no. Like, 
my son is my everything and that is literally all i've ever wanted to be in this lifetime is a mother a mother and a wife but a mother and i know that even though some days are hard like and there are some days where you like oh you know or especially right now because i'm breastfeeding i'm like oh you know like i'd i'd like a drink i'd like you know to kind of go out to eat and have a glass of wine or have you know a little drink here or there and it's like I can't obviously I know some people say you can I just listen I'm bad at math I don't I don't mess with that so I just don't drink period while breastfeeding but making you know the decision to breastfeed my son for a year that is definitely like a very very big commitment and you know obviously then with that being said I don't you know, get to drink anymore, I don't, and I'm okay with that, like, I am 100% okay with doing whatever it is that I need to do to make sure that my son gets what he needs and lives the best, healthiest life that he possibly can, so, but yeah, the last four months have definitely been a wild ride, and I would not trade my son for anything in this world. And he is definitely an angel sent from above. And he is, like I said, he's just my everything. But being a mom in my early 20s has been just such a blessing in disguise. And... I mean, I say I'm ready for another one, but you know, we, (laughs) we might want to slow down on that. I know my boyfriend's definitely not ready for another one. He definitely is like, "Eh, let's make him an only child. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely not. But you know, we do have other things that we kind of want to get done before we do, you know, take that next step into having more kids or, you know, that sort of thing. But with all of that being said, guys, I hope this episode finds the right people. And if you're struggling in any kind of way at all, my heart goes out to you. And I'm here to tell you that you're a fantastic mom. No matter what anybody tells you, if you're doing your best and that little one has a roof over their head, clothes on their back, and food in their bellies, along with the joys that come with being a child, you are doing great. And keep up the good work, mama, okay? Don't, I know, obviously, sometimes, you know, postpartum really hits you and you just, you don't think you're enough, you don't think you're doing enough, you don't, it's overwhelming, it's, but one day you'll look back and you'll miss it. And I know in the moment it seems like you're really in the trenches and you're really struggling, but I promise you that when you look at that little toothless smile that they give you, it'll it'll make it all worth it. And like I said, just keep up the good work. And then transitioning over here into our three food for thought journal prompts. Obviously, you're more than welcome to write them down and do them with me if you want to. But our first food for thought is, what is your most beloved childhood memory? Now, for me, my most beloved childhood memory, honestly, a lot of them have to just do with, obviously, my dad and my mom. 
I have so many good childhood memories, but honestly, just anything with my family. We did a lot of stuff together growing up, and so it's just being able to have all of those memories and kind of really, really hold on to them is really just something that I cherish a lot. And I'm hoping to be able to do, you know, with my son as well. So he has a lot of, you know, childhood memories to hang on to. Next one is, how would you raise your children differently than how your parents raised you? Now this one, I definitely, definitely, I'm going to talk about it in another episode. But um, I have watched my cousin's kids. And one thing that those kids have definitely taught me is that you need a different kind of level when it comes to or a different kind of level of patience when it comes to children. They, that is their job, is to push the envelope and push their buttons and see what's going to happen. Like, that is, they're completely new to this world. They're completely new to people. They're complete, like, they don't know anything. And so, they don't know boundaries. They don't know, you know, oh, if I do this, this is going to happen, or you know, if I say this, this is going to make mommy mad or like they don't know those things. So definitely just like learning to have more patience, learning to level with children and come down to their level and just be like, look, I see that, you know, you're having a hard time with this. Like, let's talk about it. Like, what can we do to make it better for you? You know, that sort of thing kind of on the borderline of like gentle parenting I would definitely say or whatever the technical term for that is but like I said just being more patient and more graceful with children and understanding that they have to push your buttons and push the envelope and cross the lines in order to learn that that those are things that you do not do or that you do do and you know you have to be okay with the consequences that come with it um, and then lastly, would you prefer to have a busy career or be a stay-at-home parent? Me, personally, I definitely would much rather be a stay-at-home parent. I love my son. I love being able to be at home and watch every single little bit of him and not miss a beat with him. Like, that just, it warms my heart, but, you know, unfortunately, not everybody has the luxury or... I don't want to say luxury, but just the opportunity of being able to stay home with their children. So, um, but I would definitely much rather 100% be a stay-at-home parent. But as always, my lovely people, to end on a good note here, my therapist, as I said in the last episode, always asked me what three things I was looking forward to the following week, and she always left me with a quote at the end of our sessions. So I want you guys to go ahead and leave in the comments down below or in your rating review, you know, what thing, what three things you are looking forward to next week. And then obviously as for your guys' quote, being a mother is learning about strengths you didn't know you had and dealing with fears you didn't know existed. And Linda Wooten said that, and with that being said guys thank you so much so so much for sitting here and listening to me babble for the last almost 30 minutes about being a mom in my early 20s and i will go ahead and see you all next week for another midnight chat take care okay love you guys